Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Surveys show members of marginalized groups experience more hate. Online harassment remains one of the Internet's hardest problems to fix, and new data suggests the problem is only getting worse for minority groups. According to a representative survey of American citizens conducted by the Anti-Defamation League, 44% of Americans report having experienced some type of online hate and harassment, with some 35% of respondents reporting being harassed online because of their racial, religious, or sexual identity. Comparing results from their 2020 survey to 2018's results, according to respondents' perceived reasons for the abuse, the Anti-Defamation League's findings demonstrated a dramatic increase in identity-based harassment, with 61% of those who identified as Muslim who experienced harassment online feeling it was because of their religious identity, compared to the 2018 35% figure. These increases were also noted by Asian Americans experiencing harassment because of their race at 55% in 2020 and only 20% in 2018. Jews for their religious identity at 43% in 2020 and only 35% in 2018. African Americans for their race at 42% in 2020, up from 27% in 2018. Finally, Hispanics and Latinos for their race at 42% in 2020, now up from 30% in 2018. Despite these increases making the headlines, there is very little mention of a specific group who are often frequent targets, Black women. Launching an organization committed to ending online abuse by educating people on how they can engage positively, respectfully, and justly in all digital spaces. Today's guest has taken matters into her own hands and is working hard to change the narrative. Here with us to discuss this important topic further and share more about her mission to end online abuse, as well as introduce us to her new book, How to Stay Safe Online, a digital self-care toolkit for developing resilience and allyship, we have multi-award-winning founder and CEO of Glitch, Shei Akiwowo. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Ramses. How are you? I'm, I'm flourishing. I, I hear you're out in Spain. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm trying, to di- I'm trying to be this digital nomad that everyone keeps talking about, and so far it's good. All right. Well, I like what I see. So good for you. So let's start at the beginning. Around here, we like to, you know, tell full stories. So uh, share with our audience a bit about yourself, your upbringing, 
and what led you to launching Glitch? Sure. So um, I'm British Nigerian. Both my parents are from Nigeria. Um, grew up in uh, a small area called Newham in East London in the UK and grew up without realizing that we were one of the poorest boroughs, local areas in the country. We just made do. And um, it was until I got into university, until I had a friend who died in a house party that I began asking questions about the status quo. And it was pulling on those threads that I realized that politics was a vehicle to affect change and people on in political positions were not making decisions for the interest of my community, nor did they look like me. So at 23, I stood for uh, elections and I, I won. I won and I was the youngest councillor um, in East London. And I spent four years of my term campaigning for representation, campaigning around issues around youth violence and trying to just encourage more young black people to see that politics is for them. And it was during that um, time that I was invited to the European Parliament, made a speech. The speech went viral. And I go into a lot more detail about this in the book. Um, and somebody posted it on a neo-Nazi forum and it set a ripple, ripple effect of abuse. And that's the pivot in where I, be where I started campaigning around online safety campaigning around the safety, particularly of minoritized voices who use and rely on social media platforms to affect change, to, to community mobilize, to educate. And this new space, uh, this, these new communities were at serious risk of being harmed. And so for five years now, coming up to six in April, I've been campaigning around safer online spaces, online platforms for women, but particularly black women, because I believe if you focus on black women, the most marginalized black women are 84% more likely to be abused online than white women. If you focus on the most marginalized, then you can be more confident and, and have more guarantee that everyone is safe. But the conversation when I was starting Glitch was more about celebrities and white women and liberals and free speech and not thinking about how black women's free speech was being curtailed. So why do you think that is? Why are black women uh, specifically targeted online uh, and particularly susceptible to abuse online? Yeah, I talk about this in the first chapter of the book where I'm actually really honest about why this book shouldn't need to have been written. And there's a whole section in there around how tech companies failed to listen to black women like 10 years ago who'd been talking about this issue, who had been trolled and stalked offline, then online and threatened and having to move and having to quit their jobs and black women in journalism. Like this had been going on for actually before Gamergate, but as always, and as we see offline, black women's voices are not heard. I don't think that online abuse towards black women is a new phenomenon. I think it's actually an extension of the abuse and the harm and how vulnerable we are offline that it's actually just amplified online. It means that there's um, more attempts, more access to, to, to hurt black women and actually target more people in numbers. But it's not a new phenomenon. It's just a different model, different technology, different tactic that is about suppressing um, black women. And I think that's because black women are a beautiful combination of gender and race. And so the gender discrimination they would face and also the uh, racial discrimination and also, you know, black women who are disabled or black non-binary binary people, this can continue. When you're when you're compounding those identities in an, uh, in an arena, in a world that doesn't even 
appreciate or provide safety for them separately it only compounds the discrimination i think this is why i draw upon dr Kim kimberly crenshaw's amazing work around intersectionality because that's a real framing into how race and gender together forms new forms of discrimination that dr moya bailey talks about as misogynoir and you see that offline and now you see that online so um you also mentioned that there's a group of society that chooses to profit from this hate. So, so tell us more about that. Yeah, a big one. I mean, I would probably bucket them that you've got systems and platforms that profit from hate, but now yeah. you're also seeing individuals profit from hate. So let's take individuals first. I think you can see that there is a growing movement to grow and groom individuals to be the face of white supremacy, to be the face of anti-blackness, the face of anti-Semitism. Um, and these individuals realize that and um, have seen that actually if you per per perpetuate hate, um, you scapegoat, you, you you use the same dog whistle politics that actually you can make quite a lot of money from it because you're, you're grooming and mobilizing quite disaffected people actually and that's not to infantile them at all but you've got people who are on the margins of society who have been made um uh homeless or unemployed because of the state of our economy have been failed by the state by mental health and and, and education and all of these groups and communities are looking for some kind of place to belong and someone to kind of follow and you know with the with the kind of death of the church, I think, across many countries as well. I think that shows that there's an alternative that people are looking for, right? Like altru altruistic alternatives. Um, well, the, fa the, the, the facade of altruistic alternatives. So I think you've got individuals that are profiting from hate on, on them. And, and that's why it's so important to be able to de-platform people who spread hate, hate um, because it actually stops them from making money. And there's lots of research, including research from um, Hope Not Hate, who talk about how deplatforming has stopped white supremacists organizing on the platform and making money, therefore able to grow and able to do offline events, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got platforms and systems, right, who have a business model for profit, and that is coming at the expense of safety. And I think there's been 10 years now of trying to let tech companies regulate themselves, mark, um, mark their own homework, self-regulate. And we're not seeing that happen. And we know actually from other markets, other industries, that doesn't work. So now there's a conversation about actually what's the standard in which that we expect tech companies to be operating? How should they be, they, how should they be applying safety in the design of their platform and actually how should they be transparent about what goes on me and you couldn't pick up a can of ginger beer without reading the nutrition label to know okay if i drink this you know i am i am drinking that amount of sugar i'm drinking and consuming that amount of fat sodium salt you name it we we have that information when it comes to social media platforms. We're not able to make informed decisions. It's only through whistleblowers and research that is very slow in, in getting out because they are so not transparent. By they, I mean social media platforms. That we're understanding that, oh, there's a lot of behavioral science behind this. It actually is quite causing quite addictive behaviors. It's mm -hmm. actually causing quite um, animosity and division amongst groups. And it's profiting from outrage and hate that we're now knowing this and it's we're 10 years behind the curve and that's probably why we need some form of regulation legislation around uh, online safety this show is sponsored by better help 
People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. We are here today with author and multi-award winning founder and CEO of Glitch, Shei Akiwowo, discussing the topic of online abuse, her mission to end it, and her new book, How to Stay Safe Online, a digital self-care toolkit for developing resilience and allyship. I'm Ramses Ja. In 1870, Congress passed the 15th Amendment, which gave all people the right to vote. That included black people who were recently freed from slavery. But shortly after the bill became law, some states started imposing poll taxes and other requirements to suppress the black vote. The tactics may have been similar to the recent voting law changes state legislators enacted in the past year. Don't be deterred. I'm Ramses Ja of the Black Information Network, encouraging you to power up the black vote. Make a plan to vote today. 
It's our right. So, you know, I, I, I'll say the names. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, yeah. so forth. Yeah. And uh, we're hearing about the online bu- bullying and abuse. Um, what do you think that has been preventing them from doing better to, to mitigate? I'm sure they're aware of this, right? What, what has I- prevented them from doing better? Yeah, it's a big question I get asked all the time because you're basically saying, isn't it so obvious? Like, why aren't you doing something about it? And Mm. I try to explore this in the book. Like, how long are we going to keep saying this is unintended consequences when it's so clear what's happened in the UK? Just last month, there was an inquest that that proved that social media platforms, Instagram and, and Pinterest played a part in a young person's suicide. Um, We've got data and evidence around people being stalked online, then offline and being hurt, misidentifying people as well. Like we've got a bank of evidence of what's happening on the platform. And I do believe now there's a deliberate decision not to do anything about it. I think we saw um, towards the last couple of years of Trump's uh, term, Facebook, for example, make a decision to continue backing Trump. It's only when the election started going the other way did we now start seeing deplatforming and doing the right thing. But for months, they were allowing allowing um, groups to organize online, which then caused what happened on January 6th in, in the US. Um, I think also women's issues, racial issues, anti-oppression issues are never seen as sexy, fun topics. And so... Why would a tech platform that is solely about making money want to engage in this when they don't have to? And I think ultimately people think that safety is boring. Safety is cutting profits. Safety is stalling innovation. And that's not the case because can you imagine a world now without seatbelts? Can you imagine a world where we allow people to drink three or four pints of beers and start driving? Like, no, that hasn't stopped the car industry still making loads of money. That hasn't stopped a very well-known car company uh, CEO buying the t- Twitter, has it? Has it? So mm. that argument doesn't fly f- fly with me, um, having been in this space for half a decade. And I talk about some of the kind of uh, reasons that tech companies should now be taking this seriously if they don't want to see um, themselves playing active role in bringing down democracies ar- around the world and and causing further divisions amongst communities. Okay, so let's shift gears here. Um, your book entitled How to Stay Safe Online, a Digital Self-Care Toolkit for Developing Resilience and Allyship. Uh, tell us what we need to know about this book and how this book can help and help us to impact our communities as well. I love this question because I think the title can have some people interpreted it as me saying that it's you down to you as an individual to stay safe online. And that is not what this book is about. This book talks about if we want to stay safe online, there are key players, there are key actors that have a responsibility, including ourselves, but our allies, the government, schools and and, and tech companies primarily. And it goes through, if we want to stay safe online as an individual, we need to understand the landscape and context. We don't, for example, send our kids, our uh, nieces and nephews or siblings to an event or a party or a school or or um, some kind of like after school activity without 
kind of knowing who's going to be there, safety mechanisms, you know, health and safety is being followed and there's a trusted adult, right? Like we have a bit of an, an awareness, but it just seems that because of the, it kind of feels that because there's been a massive growth in social media platforms, people are just assuming this is just like MySpace. This is just like Bebo. And it's not. It's very, very different in how it's been designed algorithmically. And I talk about this in the book so that users can make informed decisions about what platforms they want to be on, why and how to do it, how to use it better to serve themselves and their allies and understanding that if we've got inequity offline that exists online as well so how do we make sure that white women white men able-bodied people um know how to support somebody who is disproportionately impacted by all sorts of online abuse and harm all right i'll take it so let's let's let folks know how we can uh how we can get the book and and of course how to plug in with you on social media if you if you want them to plug in with oh, you on social media. So yeah, no, it. I love, I mean, look, this is a live conversation right now with Elon Musk being the CEO of Twitter and having um, dangerously and frighteningly uh, sacked their head of uh, safety, legal and trust. And, and that says a powerful message. And so I think it is really about us having conversations in the coming days and weeks about what standard do we want tech companies to be operating on and what when are we going to mobilize around our consumer power and and go somewhere else so i would love people to have a chat with me on social media platforms it's my handle my neck my handle's all the same shayiakiwowo i'm on twitter i'm on facebook and i'm on tiktok you can buy the book at any good bookstore and online as well but you can check it out on my website shayiakiwowo.com all right. Well, once again, we're going to plug that book for you. It is called How to Stay Safe Online, a Digital Self-Care Toolkit for Developing Resilience and Allyship. And I want to spell your name, S-E-Y-I, last named A-K-I-W-O-W-O for folks that want to tap in with you. Um, and thank you, of course, for for coming on and sharing Thanks this so with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a, it's a crazy world out there. I'm, I'm going through it myself right now. Um, I was going to ask, how are you doing? The I'm, sudden spotlight on you and named and naming you. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I've been I've been walking this path for a long time working in media. So it's 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 an appreciable bump. But fortunately, mm -hmm. I got I got a solid foundation. I appreciate you asking. But uh, yeah, everything's going to be OK. Um, but I, again, I do want to thank you for taking the time to um, to tap in with us here at the Black Information Network. Once again, our guest is author and founder and CEO of Glitch, Shei Akiwowo. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. There's a quote I love from the late great American author and social activist, Bell Hooks. She said, quote, one of the most vital ways we sustain ourselves is by building communities of resistance, places where we know we're not alone. Unquote. With technological innovations and our integrations of them into our day-to-day -day lives taking place at paces and scales never before seen, we must be more proactive now than ever before, ensuring we are utilizing these opportunities for community building, growth, and goodness. As the primary messages that Shei Yakiwowo and Glitch champion, when it comes to online abuse, this is a life and death issue. Hate is not banter. Hate is not a game. Hate is wrong. The lines are blurring between the online and offline worlds more each day. And it's up to all of us to do what is right for all of us. Holding the highest honor in being respectful, accountable, and communal, global, and digital citizens. As we move forward into the future of the internet, rather than turning our heads from, or even worse, contributing to the problem, let us commit to taking a stand against online abuse in all forms 
and let us forever stay committed to the always evolving and innovative efforts to ensure the equal access, opportunity, and overall safety for all of us in perpetuity. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.